The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Maya and Remus, Remus, yes, Remus, he is Lupin, um, were kissing, snogging, if you will, in front of the train station, and his dad is a butt nugget, and made him think that by kissing her, that she was gonna turn into a werewolf, which was totally untrue, but his dad in general is just a huge butt nugget. And then, why are we there calling was... him an egg? <laughs> because before I found out that butt nuggets were eggs, I called people butt nuggets when they were mean. So it is my definition of butt nugget, not the other definition of butt nugget. I am Urban Dictionary. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that would be Max and his temporary foster sister, Sophie. So Max doesn't like to bark in the house, but Sophie does. And we are watching Sophie while her parents are out of the country. So she'll be with us for the next two months. Also, I kind of want to know if this makes me sound better. We'll find out, Hannibal. It's going to hurt your arms. I am a bet. I was going to say that. (laughs) I am a bet. I say that because I'm very awkwardly holding up my comforter so that I'm hopefully less echoey. If it works, I'll get something that is tall enough to pin this up so that I don't have to hold it anymore. But for the time being, I am a bet. And how are you going to hold your phone to read and scroll? You didn't think about that, I have it. Oh, yeah, I can't scroll. I was like, no, I just have it propped up on my water thing. Yeah, no, I can't scroll it up. There's so much... I just built a bookcase and my entire room is covered with, like, Ikea crap. Okay, so like I was saying, so his dad is a super butt nugget. And then I believe there is something that went on with their parents or something and then I remember Lily and Maya writing letters back and forth to each other and then she mentioned how James like said something and he didn't apologize correctly and then their mom gave him crap about not apologizing correctly and then there was like yeah in the next letter I'll tell you and then I was like where is it and that's what I was like what the F, Shia, which apparently everybody loves. And then, um, yeah, that's all I really remember. It's been a long time. It has. We've been recording somewhat intermittently. 
But, um, yes, so what we dealt with was Lyle Lupin, who's kind of a dickface. He was the one who was very anti-werewolf, which is funny because his name literally means wolf-wolf, as, and his son's name is Wolf McWolf Jr. So, like, really ironic that this guy doesn't like wolves. Wolf McWolf Ironically, also the baby name that I have picked out for my child. That, that sounds um, like a character Doc McStuffins. McWolf Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf McWolf Jr. Um, but anyway, I have a blanket falling in my face and I can't see cat. Um, That's okay. This is fine. You don't want to look at me. I do. I love you. Uh, I'm ugly and I'm proud. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Um, But anyway, so... Remus kissed Maya and then said he was going to go camping with his dad. Well, it turns out his parents, like, had him terrified that he'd somehow turned Maya into a werewolf. And so he rushes over the morning after the full moon in, like, a panic. And he's like, holy shit, are you okay? And she's like, yo, bro, I'm fine. What's the worry? And he was like, oh, my God, I thought you turned me into wolf wolf girlfriend. And she was like, no, you're dumb. That can only happen from the bite of a fully... Uh, transformed werewolf on the full moon and he was like oh shit but my dad said and Daria is like yo motherfucker your dad's dead wrong so Daria didn't sound like that she's super classy but um, I don't know why I made her sound like Samuel Jackson but anyway she educates Remus Maya educates Jamie on how to write a proper apology along with Daria because she's a bouse and now we are getting into chapter 39, Calm Before the Storm. Which is appropriate because it is raining wolves and foxes and dogs out here. It is raining here earlier. It's crazy. Storm started blowing in while I was out with the dogs. I feel the wind and like you could hear the thunder. And the only thing I can hear in my head is Hagrid going, A storm's coming, Harry. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Response. That was fun. Anyway, chapter thirty-nine: Calm Before the Storm, August twenty-fifth, nineteen seventy-five. The rest of the summer broke down into lazy, relaxed days previously unheard of. After fleeing into Ponder Manor in late July, Remus's parents came to collect him and Charles and Doria took it as an opportunity to reach out to them on behalf of the children. Mrs. Lupin was easy to persuade in regards to the new relationship that her son had with Maya, but Mr. Lupin looked pessimistically nervous about it all until Doria produced old books on werewolves from the family library. Where did you get these? he asked her. Why, I, I've studied everything, and I've never seen these before. Sometimes it can be helpful to be associated with a family who has a history with dabbling in the dark arts, Doria said nonchalantly. It's my understanding that werewolves have been used in the past wars by dark wizards blackmailing them with promises of freedom. Unfortunately, it's a likely thing to occur. I assume you've heard the rumors. Mr. Lupin nodded, whispering to keep his voice low, though he was unaware that Maya's hearing was amplified due to her animagus training. Death Eaters, that's what they're calling themselves. Mrs. Lupin gasped. You think whoever's behind these attacks on muggles and muggleborns will be after the wolves next? We can't say, Charlie sadly admitted. 
but we will offer you and your family any knowledge we have. Your son has become quite a fixture in the lives of our children. My daughter, especially, has a fondness for your boy. Mrs. Lupin looked pleased at that. Mr. Lupin looked tense. Eventually, however, the Lupins learned to relax a bit. After witnessing for himself the effects of Maya's wolfsbane potion the following noon, Remus's father began seemingly to shift his perspective on werewolves. Maya had made everyone promise not to speak about the potion and admitted she had not been the one to discover it and would not take credit for another wizard's brew. She did, however, assure the family that she would provide Remus with the potion each month until it was made available to everyone. Four days post-full moon found the marauders and Maya at Lupin College, College, cottage, enjoying a large expanse of woods behind the small home. Sirius had nicked a bottle of Mr. Lupin's fire whiskey from inside and had convinced each of his friends to partake with him in the celebration of the upcoming year, which he declared would be the best ever. He had been visibly stressed on and off all summer. Anytime Sirius returned from Grimmauld Place to either Potter Manor or Lupin Cottage, he had new bruises and scrapes and a sour attitude to go with them. He drowned his worries in fire whiskey and had taken up the habit of smoking muggle cigarettes, much to Maya's disapproval. Come on, let's go fly, Sirius said, reaching for his broom and looking down at his four friends as they sat around a clearing in the woods behind the cottage. Absolutely not. Never mind that I wouldn't fly completely sober, Maya declared with a toss of her head, but I will not sit on a broom after any amount of drinking. Don't drink Sirius. and fly. Don't drink and fly. Sirius grinned at her. Lightweight. Please be careful. She frowned as James stood up to join Sirius, reaching for his broom. He was followed behind by Peter, who could not stand not doing everything that James and Sirius did, even if it was phenomenally stupid. Maya could not help but hope that the little intoxicated rat fell off of his broom. Of course, then the boy would assume that she would just patch him up and she would never be able to feign ignorance since they all knew she helped heal Remus's wounds on a monthly basis. You two behave, James said with a smirk, pointing at Remus, who had his arms securely wrapped around Maya's shoulders as he leaped back against a large tree. Remus grinned, saluted James, but confirmed nothing as the three boys took flight, leaving him and Maya behind on the ground. I thought they'd never leave, Maya grinned and turned, cupping Remus's face in her hands and placing a searing kiss to his mouth. Remus seemed a little less burdened with the idea of potentially infecting her lately, and he responded in kind by putting his long fingers through her mane of wild curls, holding her mouth firmly against his as he greedily robbed her of breath. You alright there, kiddo? Yes, I'm fine. So far. I'm a little sleepy, okay? It, like, was like a hurricane outside at, like, five in the morning, and I got up to pee, and then I couldn't sleep because it was, like, trees banging against the house, and all this wind, and all this rain, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. That's not as fun as it could have been. Well, I don't live with a man, so that's not why I'm tired. Amazing. She whispered as she leaned back from him, looking down at the smug grin on his face and the twinkle of gold that speckled his eyes. 
He removed one hand from her hair, placing it on her exposed neck and following it upwards. He traced the flushed line of her throat with a smile that clearly told her he knew he was the reason for the change in the color of her skin. You should always look like this, she said, beaming at him, her breath catching momentarily as he ran his thumb across her jawline, boring his eyes into hers in a predatory way that thrilled him. How's that? he asked. Smug, she laughed softly. Confident. Hard not to be when you react the way you do. Remus leaped forward to kiss her again, but she pulled away from him teasingly. His nose twitched, and he let out a low, needy growl before his hands gripped her around the waist and pulled her onto his lap, where her knees fell on either side of his legs, straddling him. Maya whimpered softly, as warmth cooled in her belly, fanning outward across her ribs and settling against her hips, where he branded her skin with his palms. He deftly slipped his hands beneath the hem of her blouse and ran his fingers along her shivering flesh. Just like that, he grinned and kissed her again, deep and hard and Maya moaned into his mouth. Purely out of instinct, she rolled her hips forward, but Remus had her up and off of his lap before she reached the evidence of his desire for her. He had actually all but tossed her away from him so that she was sitting in the middle of the fallen leaves and dirt. She looked up at him, surprised, as she tried to catch her breath. She noticed that Remus was doing the same thing, though his eyes were clenched tightly. Are you okay? Don't hyperventilate on me. She couldn't help but chuckle. Remus, seriously, breathe through your nose. You look like you're going to pass out. Can't, Remus said, shaking his head. Don't be ridiculous. Of course you can. She leaned forward and began crawling back towards him to make sure he was okay. While she knew their snogging was amazing, she had never thought that it would bring him to a state of unconsciousness. Maya, please don't. He winced a little and cracked an eye open, looking embarrassed. I can, I can smell you, and if you don't stay right where you are, I cannot be held responsible for my actions. Well, it kind of sounds like that's what she wants. Jesus, mi- mm. <laughs> And okay. technically, you're paying the consequences because you're in pain, so. Ugh. <laughs> Somebody's getting frustrated, and it's not Maya or Remus. I'm sorry, but, like, <laughs> that, that, I, ugh. It's like in those movies where it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna build this up and be like, okay, I'm going home. And you're like, what? I love you, cat. I'm sorry, but you have to admit that that's just like, what? Why? <laughs> but I love you. It's all consensual. Come on, I love you. <laughs> she rose a confused brow at his words. What do you mean you can smell? Oh. And understanding washed over her. She blushed bright red and covered her mouth, consciously sitting back on her heels and tightening her thighs as if it would help. She struggled to make eye contact with him over her momentary humiliation. Please, don't be embarrassed. It's not like I'm over here without my own problems. 
Maya's eyes widened, and she looked skywards, as if doing so would make it so that she would not absolutely, or she would absolutely not stare at his trousers and the obvious arousal that she now knew was there. This is ridiculous, <laughs> she admitted. We're both normally functioning young adults. We shouldn't be embarrassed by our mutual attraction. There you go. See, even she's a little bit peeved. Only you can make so many three-syllable words sound sexy. Remus gave a throaty chuckle. But no, we're not both normally functioning young adults. You're a devious little witch who seems bound and determined to bring an overly-sensed werewolf to his knees. Her eyes finally drew back to him, and she noticed that there was no hint of soft green in his irises now. She was looking at the wolf behind the man, and his stare was penetrating and burning her up inside. Remus? When he continued to just stare at her, she swallowed and whispered, Mooney. Remus grinned darkly at her and lunged forward, pushing her back against the dirt and knees, his mouth devouring hers. It was melting, drugging, and she keened when he tore away from her lips and placed a wet kiss at the hollow of her throat. Her eyes rolled and she arched her body watching as he took in a sharp breath through his nose, and his body quaked above her. Her face flushed with heat and she realized how well her siren call had worked for the wolf and she reached a hand out to touch his cheek. God, this is just, this is literally just like <laughs> in A Walk to Remember when he's like, I, I'm going to kiss you, and she's like, I might be bad at it. That's exactly what this is. It, like, it ruins the mood. It's like, really? that That's your first response to me? Or when he's like, I love you, and she's like, I told you not to fall. Like, come on, man. Ugh. Remus. Remus, I love you. His eyes connected with hers, and slowly, they shifted back to green. He very nearly collapsed on top of her. I'm sorry, it's... I can't seem to control myself. It's okay, she said, smiling, as she ran her hands gently through his hair. If it makes you feel any better, I have a hard time controlling myself around you, too. It does not. It does, in fact, not make me feel better, he answered with a sharp laugh as he meets his head forehead against her shoulder to steady himself. He pulled away from her and looked down, his brow furrowed together. I really am sorry. I don't mean to go so fast. She giggled incredulously, fingers clinging tightly to his shirt to prevent her, him from creating more distance between them. Remus, we've been dating for almost a year, and our first kiss was only two months ago. I think you've got pacing down fairly well. If anything, I should have cause to complain about your lack of affections until recently. I've been a very patient witch, you know. Her eyes softened when she saw him smile in return, before bringing his lips to her cheek. Oh no, my blanket's falling. <laughs> This is fine. <laughs> I'm basically recording in a blanket for it, guys. This is great. Literally, my only hole is so that I can see cat. <laughs> I'm letting cat into my hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
warm in here. Uh-huh. I'm out here. I'm the one reading this and under a blanket. No, I meant because you said that you let me into your hole, so I said it's warm in here. Never mind. <sighs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> you know that was funny. I just don't want to hurt you. It's foolish of me to not be in complete control. First love is only a little foolishness and a lot of curiosity, Maya quoted, with a smile that deepened when Remus looked down at her and brushed hair from her eyes. Shaw, he asked with a raised brow, playing their game. He was a muggle. Yes, she grinned and leaned up to kiss him. A very, very smart muggle. So, are we foolish or curious, then? Remus asked her, as he fell to the side, leaning his head against a propped arm while lacing his free fingers together with hers. The setting sun behind them cast a glow over their bodies, and Maya smiled the way their skin shimmered softly, reflecting the various shades of red and gold in the evening sky. We're foolish to think that our curiosities are dangerous. At least, one of us is. She poked his nose, and he narrowed his eyes in response. Love will find a way through paths where wolves fear to prey. Quoting Lord Byron to me? Now you're not even trying, Rena said, with a raised brow, scoffing as he sat up. Maya reached for his collar to tug him back down, and he laughed, pushing her hands away with a grin. Absolutely not. I'm not rewarding you for an easy fallback on the one line in... The Geohor. Geohor? Fuck, I can't pronounce that one. It's like four fucking vowels all around. The Blablabla, related to wolves. It's a poem about vampires. Would you like me to quote Little Red Riding Hood? Maya chuckled. Remus narrowed his gaze. Cheeky witch. Cheeky witch who thinks her wizard is being a little dramatic. Cheeky witch who forgets her wizard is a dangerous werewolf, Remus said, his eyes suddenly serious. It needs but slight provocation to make the wolf devour the lamb. I am no lamb, Maya snapped at him. He grinned suddenly with amusement. No, you are a lion. Yes. Now the hungry lion roars and the wolf behowls the moon, Maya began but was interrupted. No Shakespeare. I hate Shakespeare. Her eyes widened. You take that back. He's one of the greatest poets and playwrights in Muggle history. And the entire reason she was named Hermione, at least in the other timeline, as Helen Granger had been a fan of A Winter's Tale by William Shakespeare. Well, first, he was a wizard, Remus clarified. What? And second, he was a wizard who tried, who was tried and convicted for stealing the works of muggles and obliviating them afterward. Maya fumed, pouted, and then finally resigned herself to ignoring everything Remus had said until she had a chance to research it herself. She reached out and tugged on his collar, placing a firm kiss to his lips before whispering against them. A wolf is handsome in the eyes of a lovesick girl. You're incorrigible. Remus mumbled against her before returning her kiss, his lips moving slowly, gently, like the peaceful calm before a raging storm.
<sighs> Is somebody feeling frustrated? A little bit. So frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. Uh, not the blanket, you just look like an old lady wearing a shawl. So frustrating. So frustrating. That's what Jimmy says to me when I get mad. He's like, oh, are you so frustrated? I hate him. I don't, because he's my husband. But anyway, you know it's not frustrating? Candles. Candles. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually just got my second order in. And all of my samplers. Ah, crap. I meant to send those to you so you could smell them. Oh, well. I'll send them in the next round. However, comma. I fucked up. I didn't get a candle of Remus. And now I'm regretting everything. Because Remus really does smell fucking amazing. And so does Doria. But I did get the motorbike. Amazing. Charles, Amazing. You are the song. Amazing. And Can You Swim? amazing and I'm hiccuping but they're literally all so 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 good why am I yawning um friendly reminder that we have one week left on our fire whiskey and honey promo through Starcross Sundries and that is if you put in word fire whiskers when you check out you'll get 20% off your order a reminder that Starcross Sentries is our first official sponsor, and we love them. Kat, what do we think of them? We think they are fan-freaking-tastic. And what do you love about them? What are they made from? Soy, which is clean burning. So it is good for your lungs. And you can get woodwicks that sound like tiny campfires. Yes. Crackle, crackle, crackle. And so, go ahead, go ahead and check out Starcross Sundries. If you're not already, check us out on the Facebook group. Rin is our wonderful Starcross Sundries owner, along with their wife, and they are very active on our Facebook group. So, if you have any questions, Rin is there to answer them. So, we hope you are number one on our Facebook group, so you can interact with us and the rest of our fans. Number two, checking out Starcross Sundries and using the code Fire Whiskers to get twenty percent off your offer. Yeah, it definitely pay attention to those tips that she gave about the wicks because I didn't know that because I'm new to candles and I definitely haven't been doing that and you might want to do that because <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> what Kat's talking about is the minimum burn time and clipping down the wicks. <laughs> Which I didn't know because I don't know anything about candles, but you should probably do that. Just saying. Personal experience. Cat, what'd you do? <laughs> I'm now like picturing a fireball like going up and catching. Well, it wasn't a fireball exactly. <laughs> Jesus. So yes, uh, in other news, please make sure you check out the burning tips from Starcross Sundries in the proper way to burn your candles. Because I clearly have no idea how. What were the, remember those things that was going around on Facebook for a while where it was like, John did that. Don't be like John. So, like, don't be like me. Clip your wicks. <laughs> <laughs> Clip your wicks. Clip your wicks. 
without further ado. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I didn't start any fires or anything. I just feel like because I haven't been following the directions because I didn't know, I feel like the flame is not as big as it was. That's what she said. That's all I'm saying. She didn't start the fire. The song was burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire. (laughs) Oh, well, it's it's also not my fault because I've had, this is my third um, oopsie moment of the week. So, yeah. Well, at least you're done now. Comes in threes, right? Yeah, I actually had two in one day, but that's not the point. That's unfortunate. Well, I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, and somehow I missed this the first a thousand times I saw this movie, but I was like, wait, Gamora's dad is Thanos. Thanos was in the Avengers. They talk about Infinity Stones in this movie. (gasps) Whoa. It's all connected. And it only took until 2020 for her to figure it out. Oh my god, the light bulb has gone on. And then I I told Audrey and she's like, yeah, and you still haven't seen Endgame, so you don't even know. And I'm like, yes, I know. I don't even know. Dead of time. Anyway, dead of time. September 20th, 1975. So they are now in their fifth year. Maya and the boys returned to school the following September. James, more than ever, was determined to properly woo Lily Evans, who was more determined than ever to avoid him at all costs. To repay her efforts for being a good distraction the previous June, Remus promised Lily, by swearing on both of their new prefect badges, to do his best to deter James from the worst of his public declarations of love. Peter came back to school with a chip on his shoulder, and not one day into the new year was put in detention for hexing a group of first years. Maya was livid, and the rest of the marauders were concerned for their friend. Sirius had met everyone on the Hogwarts Express, looking nervous and smelling like he'd just eaten an entire carton of cigarettes. He fidgeted the whole trip to Hogwarts. When Maya casually brought up his family, he snapped at her and told her not to worry about him. Remus and Maya, strangely the calmest of the group, had nothing on their minds but one another, and she was steadfast in keeping to her rules. Live your life, enjoy your life. And she was very happy to enjoy every bit of her current life with Remus. Remus, however, was more tenacious than ever, trying to control himself. That first kiss had opened a floodgate for him. Despite the wolf's vain potion each moon, he admitted that he was struggling with his inner wolf at times. Maya insisted that this was not the wolf, but the man inside, and she suggested that he talk to Sirius about it. James was certainly a no-go when it came to talking to anyone about her, but she figured if anyone knew how to help Remus let go a little bit, it would be serious. His friends and Maya were up to something, and Remus could not figure out what it was. The morning of the full moon, Maya overflowed his plate with extra portions knowing he would need his energy for later that night. Instead of her morning tea, she was drinking pumpkin juice. Remus also noticed that instead of their typical drinks for dinner, his three friends and his witch were drinking coffee with their evening meal, and he was sure he saw Sirius and James each take what smelled like invigoration broth. He tried to put the thoughts from his mind as he made his way to the Wampum Willow, but just when Professor Sprout left him alone, familiar scents assaulted him. 
he turned and looked wide-eyed back at his friends and girlfriend all of whom stood facing him uh, in the recently frozen tree what are you four doing here he asked jumping away just in time as the wampum willow unfroze and swung a low hanging branch within a foot of him james grinned thought we'd keep you company mooney what are you wait he looked at sirius james and peter you mean you're finished you actually bloody did it he shouted out of both excitement and fear Sirius's suggestion that the three become animagi to keep him company during the full moon was based on a theory that they would not end up hurt in the end. Of course, with the wolfsbane potion, there was a better chance, but he was still on edge about the idea. We had a little help, Sirius rolled his eyes as Maya nudged him in the ribs. Remus blinked at her. Maya? They looked around to make sure no one was watching, and then shifted into their animagus forms. Remus's eyes went wide at the sight. Prongs the stag stood tall and large with massive bone-like antlers jutting from the top of his head and short brown fur covering his body. He towed the soft grass below with a heavy hoof, and a small rodent took notice of the movement. Wormtail, the rat, crawled up Prongs' leg and over his shoulder to perch on one side of the step large stag's antlers with watery eyes staring ahead at Remus. As calm and collected as Prongs and Wormtail were, the other predators of the group were Calesto. It was evidently the first official meeting of Padfoot and Maya in her animagus form, and the two were not seeing eye to eye. Padfoot, the large, bear-like dog, was growling low and trying to pin down the smaller, vibrant, vibrantly colored creature to the ground as a sign of dominance. Maya, in the form of a fox, struggled against the massive black paw. When she finally had enough of Padfoot's antics, she sunk her tiny, sharpened teeth into his leg, her long, bushy tail a blur as she darted away from him. Sirius shifted back into his human form, wincing as he looked over his right arm, which was punctured but not bleeding. What the hell, Maya? Keep your filthy paws off of me, Sirius Black, Maya yelled, shifting back into her own human form. The two stared at one another, mere inches between their identical scowls. I can't help it, Sirius smirked. It's the beast in me. It's a strong need to dominate and create a little hierarchy in this pack. If there is any hierarchy in whatever this is, she hissed, you'd better believe that I am above you. Sirius winked. You like it on top, do you? <clears throat> you want it now. Preach. Remus made his way back to the way back from the Wampum Willow, glaring at Sirius. Sorry, girlfriend, right, got it. To be fair, she did just have her mouth on me, Sirius said, showing Remus his bitten arm. Remus didn't bother to look as he made a beeline right for Maya. Why didn't you tell me? She smiled, nervously. I wanted it to be a surprise. Can I come with? Remus could already feel the pull of the moon as it began to rise. He grinned and cupped her face great, gratefully, crushing his lips to hers and diving in for a deep kiss that was interrupted when an antler nudged him sharply in the shoulder. We'd better hurry, Maya said, gesturing to the tree. Peter, a little help. Wormtail jumped down from Pongs' antler and scampered through the patch of grass to touch the small notch on the tree that had stilled the violent branches. Let's go, Maya said, but before she had a chance to move forward, Remus kissed her again. You did this? For me? She beamed up at him. 
I'd do anything for you. Sirius interrupted the couple, putting an arm around each of them. So, before she has a chance to say no, I'm voting that Maya's new name is Foxy. Absolutely not. Maya took Remus's hand, and the two passed by Sirius beneath the tree. Up ahead, James had shifted back to human form in order to fit through the tight passage on their way to the Shrieking Shack. How about Vixen? Sirius called after them. How about I bite you again? Maya threatened. I hate nicknames. It's not a nickname. It's a marauder name, Sirius countered. I'm not a marauder. He barked a laugh. Then what the hell are you? Mine, Remus grinned and walked into the shrieking shack with a smile on his face for the first time in his life. God, she sounds like Meg Ryan and You Got Mail, where she has that rant about, what kind of name is that? Don't these girls have last names? Like, you're supposed to have a first name and a last name. I haven't seen that movie in a hot minute. It's a good one. It is. But it's like it it's is. like the same concept as Sleepless in Seattle, but with a little bit different twist, and it's the same two people. Well, that's why they did it. After Sleepless in Seattle, everyone was like, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are perfect, and they must be together forever. Wow. Uh, they allowed Remus his privacy to undress in the shack while they waited, listening closely as he transformed on the other side of the large door. Despite joking, not ten minutes earlier, when they all heard the harsh sounds of Remus screaming beyond the barrier that separated them from the wolf, Maya let out a quiet sob, and Sirius pulled her into a tight, comforting hug. I didn't know, James mumbled, a frown etched on his face. I didn't know it was this bad. He sounds like Merlin. It sounds like... It sounds like someone's got him under the Cruciatus curse. Sirius answered, knowingly. Maya wiped the tears from her cheeks and turned to face the door as the screaming stopped. Come on. Catfoot goes in first, followed by me, then Pongs, then Wormtail, she instructed carefully. James clearly did not like the order, but she insisted, and Sirius took her side on the subject vehemently. We're both predators. Sorry, Pongsy, but you're prey. Maya's right. We need to be careful with our approach here. And they all shifted. The little fox pawed her way into the room slowly behind Hadfoot, looking immediately for the wolf, who, just as she remembered, was beautiful. The massive beast stood looking down at the black dog in front of him. Hadfoot was smart enough to put his chest to the ground, ears back, and tail tucked as a show of passive submission. Maya, likewise, followed his lead, though she kept her eyes trained on him. He caught her gaze and slowly stepped back, nodding his head. Remus was still there. She made her way over to me, nuzzling her head against his large paw, her puffy red tail wrapping around his leg. Mooney leaped down and brushed his snout against Maya's furry face before moving forward and doing the same to Padfoot, scent marking both of them. The door opened again as Pong stepped forward, and Mooney growled at first sight, but Maya nipped him in the leg approachfully, bringing him back to attention. He puffed out a short breath before rubbing his snout against Pong's and Wormtail in the same fashion as before. Submission established, the five animals spent the night roughhousing in the shrieking shack, a constant blur of black and red as Padfoot tumbled over the little fox, one always desperate to pin the other and create the hierarchy that Sirius had mentioned earlier. Only once did things get out of control. 
In the very early morning, when the moon was still hung in the sky, Maya curled up against Mimi, her head resting between her paws and relaxing to feel the rush of the wolf's breath against her face as their snouts lay side by side. On the other side of Mimi rested Hadfoot, snoring, with his head leaning against the shoulder of Prompt, who slept soundly with his legs folded beneath him. Maya's pointy ears perked up in annoyance, and her eyes opened to look across the room when she spotted the rat skittering about. Suddenly, the sight of it brought back a vivid memory. The shack. Sirius, Remus, Harry, Ron. You don't understand. You would have killed me, Sirius. Oh, shit. Sorry. Wrong voice. You don't understand. You would have killed me, Sirius. Then you should have died. Died rather than betray your friend. As we would have done for you. Maya glared at the red in front of her. The memory fueling the powerful rage deep within her. It was primal. Something predatory that she had not felt before in her animagus form. But she felt it now as she stared ahead. Rat. Peter. Scabbers. Wormtail. Traitor! Hadfoot jolted awake in a panic, shocked at first to find himself in animagi form. Realizing where he was and having the good instinct not to shift back, considering Remus was still moony moony, he let out a puff of breath in relief. There was a loud, shrill barking sound, followed by a sharp squeaking noise, and Hadfoot drew his gaze towards the commotion that had clearly been the cause of his waking. With wild amber eyes, the little fox dove over the large bed in the corner, chasing Wormtail, who buried himself into the mattress. Snarling viciously, she dug down, snapping and lashing forward. I was just checking to see if you were excited. What? I've been reading. You haven't been responding. Because I got nothing to say right now. And you know sometimes weird. I don't get excited when anyway, I should because I'm scabbers. weird. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He thought at first that she was playing, uh, playing just the same as she had been with him for most of the night. But then he remembered that Maya and Peter did not get along in human form and something lead dropped into his stomach. Jumping to all four feet, waking from the moon in the process, Padfoot leapt onto the mattress and clamped down on the scruff of Maya's neck, carrying her away from the bed. He dropped her gently down in front of Prongs and Mooney, who eyed her curiously. Wormtail reappeared on the floor, staring ahead, and she turned and hissed viciously before Padfoot lowered himself onto the ground in front of the rat and growled at her. She looked at him, bleeding him. He had expected to see her lost behind her animagus eyes. The amber was dead visitor. But she still looked like Maya. There was consciousness. There was conscious understanding in her gaze, and that scared the hell out of him. It was one thing to be amused, and even a little aroused when the witch got angry. But she had claws and fangs in this form, and Peter might as well be pleased. Padfoot stayed where he was, watching as Mimi stood up, leaning down to press his muzzle against the top of her head, breathing on her from above, until her black and red ears lowered. She let out a slow breath and turned away from them all, curled herself into a ball in the corner of the room, tucking her face into the fur of her tail. They woke the following morning, and Maya turned away to allow Sirius and James to cover up the naked and sleeping Remus who miraculously lacked any wounds at all, save for three bruises from the actual transformation. Want to tell us what that was all about this morning? Sirius asked, his arms folded over his chest. Instincts, Maya replied quietly. I, I guess I'm not used to controlling them in animagus form. That's understandable, I guess, James shrugged, running his hand through his already messy black hair. But I still think you owe Peter an apology. 
Maya inhaled sharply and looked at her brother like he had just asked her to kiss the mentor. I will not apologize for acting an instinct. It's not my fault. Maya, Remus moaned to the corner. Please, I don't want anyone to fight. She turned bitterly away from them all and then slowly brought her gaze up to Peter, who looked at her with watery eyes. It was hard now not to see him for what he really was. Selfish. He stole things from the trolley, abandoned his friends in times of crisis, even spied on people, which she had caught him doing twice already this year. And, while Sirius and James often got carried away when they fought with Slytherins, Snape especially, since he'd started being a bit of a burp to Lily in public, Peter had been thrown into detention twice for getting caught bullying younger students. Now that she was an animagus, Maya could see it all. See Scabbers, the rat with the missing toe that he lost while playing with Sirius. Sirius, who had thought Remus was the spy all along when it had been Peter. Peter, who betrayed his friends rather than die for them as they would have done for him. Peter, who got her brother killed. Peter, who made Harry an orphan. I'm sorry, Peter, she said to Count Clinch Teeth. James, Sirius, and Remus all smiled and relieved at her words. Peter stared ahead at her looking as terrified as he should have been. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Oh, never, never liked him anything. anyway. Anyway, what you think? Well, I got frustrated <laughs> there for a little bit, but then it went away. Yeah. <laughs> it got exciting. <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. And a little bit dark. But I'm excited because they're all getting older now. They'll be 15 this year. So we're getting more into their, you know, grown up phase where they're old enough to start. Or no, no, they'll be 16 this year. So they're all. Our little babies growing up. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that you want to yeah, do something that we're going to be doing on Instagram and Facebook groups starting next week. Yes, but before I do that, I would like to say thank you guys for participating in Muggle Please Monday. I am so happy. And like the fact that some of you all saved things for like a week just for this made me so happy. Like... You have no idea. That made me happy. That was one of my little joys in life. So, thank you guys. Well, so, because that has been so successful, we are going to add another thing on Tuesdays, and we are going to call it Time Turner Tuesdays, because it fits in with our theme, so what it's going to be is our version of, like, a throwback Thursday, but we're going to do it on Tuesday. So what we would like is any, like, pictures that are from you as a kid dressing up as Harry Potter or from Harry Potter World, or it doesn't even have to be Harry Potter. It could be a story. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want that is throwback, whether it's related to Harry Potter or not, is fine. Whatever you are willing to share. But please, use the hashtag TimeTurnerTuesday. Also, we need to start finding some shorter hashtags, but... 
they are unique and hopefully we're some of the only people using them so that everything you guys post under that we can see. Yes. But if I'm not mistaken, it is time to thank our Patreons. Yes, that, right, that is right. We need to thank them for giving us their very hard-earned galleons. Yes, yes. Um, just a heads up, guys. Starting next month, we are trying to streamline the editing process and make sure that I am saying all of the patrons on time and that you are not having to wait weeks and weeks and weeks to hear your name. What we are going to start doing is after everybody's patron Patreon account is charged for the first of the month, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to record all of the Fox names and I'm going to record all of the new names and the new names will be said during that following episode along with all the Foxes and then the Foxes will be said every recurring episode after that. So it may sound a little disjointed after this episode, but please know that we are doing this so that we can start stacking episodes and then we keep you guys up to date every week. So let's give it up to our July Patreons, Foxes, Patrons. We love you. We'd like to thank Jackie, Rachel, Rebecca, Becky, Aguila, Carissa, Sandra, Chelsea, Felicia, Ryland, Ryder, Olivia, Ashley, Claire, Shannon, Roishan, Jade, Elise, Claire, Ashley, Hannah, Paige, Jillian, Martina, Amanda, Miranda, Danielle, Therese, Samantha, Sarah, Caitlin, Laura, Cure, Rin, damn it, Rin. It always throws me off with the K in there. I'll fix that for the following weeks. And finally, Miriam. And Miriam, thank you so much for being so interactive with us on Twitter. We appreciate you. We love how supportive you are of us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you. And with that, we will see you all next Fire Whiskey Friday. Wow. wow. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.